0: welcome to film school radio the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com i'm your host mike caspar street gang how we got to sesame street takes audiences inside the minds and the hearts of the sesame street creators artists writers and educators who together established one of the most influential and enduring children's programs in television history. Inspired by the activism of the late 1960s, socially conscious television executive Joan Gantz Cooney, as well as Sesame Workshop co-founder Lloyd Morissette, conducted a revolutionary experiment to harness the burgeoning power of television and create an educational, impactful, and uplifting and entertaining show. There are so many other people to talk about, to feat as far as what the success of uh, Sesame Street was, including Jim Henson and John Stone and so many others. And we're joined today by the director of this wonderful documentary film called Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street, Marilyn Agrello. Marilyn, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. And thank you for this because I've watched it two, maybe almost three times because just it's such a great vibe. The whole, the whole thing is such a great vibe. And even if the people listening to the sound of our voices did not grow up at a time when Sesame Street was on and they were either too old or whatever it was, you really should see this because it is, this program is kind of a miracle to have occurred, and I'm so glad that Marilyn, you were able to capture some part of this sort of magic. How did you come to this project?
1: Oh my God, there's so much to say here. I came to the project through the executive producer, Trevor Crafts, who had optioned the book and was looking for a director, knew me for 20 years and thought of me, which was fantastic. I had no idea that the Sesame Street story was as important and profound as it actually is. I mean, of course, the genius of Jim Henson and the Muppets and genius of this sophisticated comedy writing and everything that went into Sesame Street was fantastic. But to understand through researching and reading Michael Davis's amazing book, Street Gang, it was Such a surprise to learn that this actually came out of the civil rights movement, that that Sesame Street was started by a group of activists who wanted to change the way that lower income children and children of color were educated. And they wanted to harness the power of television. They saw how television was so impactful, how every kid was reeling off uh, jingles from commercials that the repetition of a commercial could actually teach something. Let's try, let's try to do this. I mean, it sounds a little simple now, but it was actually a huge idea bringing in people like Jim Henson with his Muppets and bringing in the amazing John Stone, who to me is such an unsung hero because no one really knows his name. And uh, a big goal of this film was to, introduce him to the world as the person who really was behind most of the big ideas behind Sesame Street.
0: Thank you for that. I mean, I'm old enough to have remembered when it came on the air. And I do remember how different it was for children's programming. And the presentation was different. The vibe was different. The And there's so many elements I could go on and on about in terms of why this was such a groundbreaking and I hesitate to use the word important because it puts, it sounds more stuffy than I mean for it to be, but it was, it was an important breakthrough an important development. The idea that you would also, let's not forget that children were actually collaborators of, on this program, right? The input of the children that it was targeting was incredibly important. But before you answer or before you respond to that, that Budweiser ad I, that you use in this, I remember, I was raised by TV. I can attest to the, the research that I saw in the film. I, I was set down in front of a TV at three or four years old, and that was it. So yes. I can completely relate to why this is so important. But please respond, if you wouldn't mind, to this idea of children and these other creatives being a part of the creation of this program.
1: I mean, the whole um, manner in which this show was developed was different than anything that had ever come before. The educators and the uh, psychologists who were developing the program, along with television writers, would bring children in and show them uh, clips, show them all kinds of animation, little film clips, little commercials that they had made, selling the alphabet or selling counting. And they were constantly monitoring how kids were reacting, what was catching their attention, what was sticking, what wasn't working. It was developed in such a scientific way. I mean, everything that had come before Sesame Street was simply a vehicle for selling toys, breakfast cereal, candy. Nobody thought to really do good or to really have an effect educationally. This was brand new. And the TV writers that came in work on Sesame Street suddenly were confronted with educators saying to them, this has to teach something. It was none of it had ever been done before. None of it. And the people that took it on really revolutionized television. And I would guess that most TV programming since Sesame Street came out has borrowed from that playbook because it was spectacularly effective.
0: And also let's not overlook the fact that there was a kind of resistance to this programming. There, there, there was, we live in a politically charged environment today, but I, I would say that 1970s moving forward took no, take no back seat in terms of sort of the, the polarization in our country, even to this day. And I, and I think that because And we can I want to get into the sort of the 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 not only the vibe of the show, but its setting, which I think may be in all the things you said, the scientific approach, you know, all the different sort of ways in which cognitive recognition and all of these different concepts were introduced to children's programming. But also on top of everything else, we're going to we're going to what's the setting for this particular show and how different that was.
1: It was really quite something. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is an interview with John Stone where he talks about sitting in front of his TV. So he's involved in developing this show, this new thing that no one has ever seen before, but they don't have a setting for it. And he didn't want to repeat the, you know, fairyland kind of magic castle or circus tent uh, sets that were common in that time for children. And he watched a um, public service announcement called Take Your Kids to the Ghetto, which was like a satire, really meant to focus people's awareness on on the inner city and the difficulties of kids that live, you know, in a very low income status. And he watched that and it was shot on Harlem, uh, on a street in Harlem. And he said, that's it. That's what I'm going to set the show on. I'm going to fashion it after a street in Harlem. And I'm willing to bet that most kids in the country had never seen anything like that. Most kids didn't live in integrated neighborhoods back then. You were a white child in the suburbs, or maybe you were a child of color in the inner city. But Sesame Street, without making a big deal about it, without announcing it, they just presented this brownstone in a Harlem street. And people that were on the show were... Black, white, Hispanic, and Muppets, of course. It was a little shocking. And it was that show that was aimed at preschoolers was the first integrated television show in television history. And I always love to say that show that was targeted at preschoolers because they broke so many barriers. And through the lens of a show for preschoolers is a little mind-blowing. In the South, uh, it took them a while to accept this program. And in fact, it was banned in Mississippi for almost a year by by public television.
0: So people understand the approach of Sesame Street from the very beginning. And I'm just going to make sort of an editorial comment. I think the fact that they didn't just break a couple of eggs along the way. They broke a couple of dozen eggs along the way. And in some ways, once they got through that door, that was it. And the way that they introduced the street in the in the show, it's very matter of fact. There's not there's nothing showy about the way that they presented this this street. Very it's a very low-key approach. And all of the people that children would be able to relate to, you know, the local grocer, the the neighbors, the teachers, all the different people that they come in, the musicians that they come in contact with. It's so beautifully presented. In that regard, and it's and it's so it just it's just amazing to to watch.
1: One of the other things that is so astounding about what the vision that these people had—Joan Ganz Cooney, Lloyd Morissette, John Stone—all of them—was to. Oh, and the amazing Joe Raposo, who is a documentary film all by himself. But what they did was they created such sophisticated programming. The writing was very, very sophisticated political satire and social commentary. And um, I shouldn't say political. It was more social commentary. I mean, the Sesame Street Band had the top session players in New York at the time. The writers were writers that came out of television late night comedy It was top flight entertainment. And their reasoning for that was that they wanted the adults to watch because they understood that kids would learn so much more effectively if they were watching with their parents. And so they brought in movie stars, heads of state, stars in the sports world, and celebrities were knocking down the doors to appear on Sesame Street. It became a badge of honor very early on.
0: Well, and it really does make the point that quality television directed at children is a win-win it it, it, you don't have to as you said at the beginning of our conversation you don't have to sell them breakfast cereal you don't have to you know get them to buy dolls and and race cars to get their attention and absolutely right in fact in the film there's a there's a, a mention of how when children were watching it with their parents, they were more likely to retain the information that was being directed. Because I can only imagine if I'm sitting there watching that with my mom or dad, and I turn around and mom and mom and dad are what they're interested in it, then it must it takes on an even greater level of significance in the lives of these children.
1: And you'll discuss it with your parents. You know, you can share the experience and question them about it. These were things that the producers of Sesame Street understood early on. I mean, parents would watch it because Dizzy Gillespie was gonna be on and you know Stevie Wonder was gonna play. I mean, it was like A-list entertainment for all.
0: Well, plus it was entertaining as all get out. It really was fun to watch. Uh, And I wanna go back, by the way, I wanna remind our listeners, we're talking about this wonderful documentary film called Street Gang, how we got to Sesame Street. We're talking with the director, Marilyn Agrello. How people want to find out more about the film? Do I send them to StreetGangMovie.com or do I send them to uh, Screen Media?
1: I think at either either place. Oh, okay. um, the movie is now in theaters and it will be released on Friday, this Friday, May 7th on Video On Demand. So this will be a wonderful thing.
0: I want to go back to the kind of the Mount Rushmore if you will of the of this particular show because it it I mean these are really visionary people and th- th- there's a great story about the party that Joan was at these are the kind of happy accidents that happen that you go you know this is this was meant to be and and let's talk about Joan Ganz Cooney and Lloyd Morissette and their sort of their relationship or how they got to know each other
1: so Joan was a young television producer Um, You can imagine there were not that many women uh, in the world of television working as producer, but she was very involved in the documentary world. She also was very interested in education and Lloyd worked at the Carnegie foundation, which was very much involved in researching education. And they were, they had an interest in educating children of reduced means, let's say. And Joan and Lloyd had been introduced by friends and there was a party at her house and the topic of television came up and Joan had a belief that television was really the wave of the future. It's hard to imagine, but in the late 60s, not everyone watched television. It wasn't in every single household and it certainly was not considered by anyone to be an important vehicle for information the way it can be now. Joan had seen the way commercials really could teach. And so he hired her to do a a study and they started to develop all these ideas that would become Sesame Street.
0: Now, whose idea was it to begin bringing in the educators, the the scientists, if you will, um, into that process?
1: I believe that was a joint decision they made after speaking. Lloyd is a psychologist and an educator. Joan was very interested in education. It just seemed a natural fit to um, actually bringing in the TV producers was the novel idea there, to bring in the TV writers to work with the educators. Right. And, and that was all Joan. It was just groundbreaking on every level.
0: Well, there's another element in this. And I want to get to the, where we bring John Stone into the conversation because with the best of intentions, all of these things could have been gone awry had it not been for someone who could sort of distill down what the essence of it. And well, let's talk about John Stone now. I'll get back to my other point in a minute. Let's, in that he had been in television for a while. So talk about John Stone because how important he is.
1: John Stone came up to the ranks of a, a program at CBS to train young people to be directors. If you can imagine, there was a shortage of TV directors. There was so few of them out there. They were visibly recruiting people to um, learn how to direct. And John ended up working at Captain Kangaroo, where he became a writer and a producer.
0: An intelligent and, an intelligent children's program.
1: Yes. Captain Kangaroo was one of the few programs that were actually trying to teach something. For one reason or another, John decided to drop out of the TV world, pursue other things. And then he got a call from Joan who had heard about how visionary he was and called him and convinced him to help her with this venture she was launching. And John, I don't know where Sesame Street would be without John, honestly. John brought such knowledge, such uh, collaborators to the table. He brought Jim Henson in. He knew Jim and had worked with him on some uh, experimental films and had worked with his Muppets before. He brought in other writers. He cast all of the cast members. He came up with the idea of setting the show on a New York City street in front of a brownstone. All of this came from John. And it's amazing that people don't know who John is.
0: Well, there's one aspect in the story of uh, Street Gang, how we got to Sesame Street, where initially they were sort of two it was sort of a bifurcated program there was going to be the stuff on the street and then there was going to be the muppets and i guess fairly early in the process they realized the kids were much more interested in what kermit was doing than they were with what the people on the street were doing and which is understandable at that age this is these are the things you relate to and then they said they started and this is really where the magic into my mind happens even though in some ways, in the production of the program, they did cut what they do, cutaways to the different stuff that was going on outside of the street. So, And it's just, it's, it's absolute genius the way that those things kind of melded together. And they were able to bring characters who were appropriate to the street into the setting, like Big Bird, Grouch. Um, um, Oscar. Oscar the Grouch, thank you.
1: And both Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, of course, were played by the um, amazing Carol Spinney, who passed away two years ago. The entrance of Big Bird really changed the game early on, because now you could have a Muppet that was actually interacting with the people on the street. Oscar did as well. And this just elevated what the children wanted and Uh, melded the street scenes and the Muppet scenes so beautifully. It was fantastic.
0: Again, I was too old to have been sitting down and watching this, but I've never gotten over children's programming, being able to relate to it. I don't know what that says about me, but there was Captain Kangaroo. I grew up, and with all due respect to my parents, my mom had three kids by the time she was 25. I mean, the TV was the best babysitter available. You know, it's just the way it was. And I, I grew up on Soupy Sales, which was another kind of entertaining, funny, kind of madcap in the same way that the Muppets were. But then then I evolved to Pee Wee Herman. And all of those things to me sort of are on a continuum of creativity and high quality entertainment. That's really kind of, and you'll keep people engaged. Is is that too far off the mark or is it, how do you? No,
1: it's exactly on the mark. My first documentary, Mad Hop Ballroom, was about kids in the inner city who learn acceptance and respect through ballroom dancing, through looking at each other in the eye, through this art of dance. And the children that watch Sesame Street learn acceptance and respect and, and so many things through the art of music, puppetry, writing. Really what I think is the arts can be such a vehicle for deep social change and when kids are exposed to it it's almost limitless what can happen
0: and i would use uh another word to describe the the feeling that you get from watching sesame street and from what you get from watching street gang and that is the humanity of it all
1: yes absolutely absolutely i mean what what this show did was bring kids a mirror of of the authentic world they live in, and gave them the tools to understand it, and to thrive in it.
0: Little kids, they're little people. You yeah. you learn that pretty early on when you're around kids. They're little people. They don't have the tools that you and I possess. Give them the tools and let them be a little bit bigger people, and and hopefully, yeah.
1: absolutely. I'm so thrilled that this movie's coming out at this moment. I really am because it's been such a hard year. People have been so cut off from each other and isolated. I feel like it's bringing people back to something that was maybe something that we've lost sight of a little bit.
0: I agree. I agree. And it's just so fun to watch uh, Frank, Oz, and Jim Henson. I know I'm going to watch this a couple of more times. I mean, it's just one of those movies that I I just, are documentaries, more accurately you'll want to watch over and over and it then fortunate for you the listener you're going to be able to do that on uh, May 7th you'll be able to start watching it on video on demand it's currently in theater so if you want to check your virtual theater outlet you can do that and I hope you do because I guarantee you you will be entertained so you can go to Street Gang movie.com to find out a lot of information about the film about the filmmakers and about how you can watch it i guarantee you i have a money-back guarantee from me to to you the listener for on this on this documentary film so i want to thank you so much for the film thank you so much for spending some time with us on on the on film school radio
1: thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure to talk to you
0: as well. The film again is called Streaking How We Got to Sesame Street. We're we'll talking to the director, Marilyn Agrillo. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films.